Here we go. Good evening. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, tonight we're going to be learning Daf Ayin Zayin Amid Beis and Ayin Ches Aleph. These are two monster amudim uh, that will put us at the Mishnah on the top of Ayin Ches Amid Beis. And then, because tomorrow is a regular day, schedule-wise, I can hopefully get most of the way down in Ayin Ches Amid Beis, and then we'll be caught up. We'll get, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, as a little bit of a frame for today, we began on Shabbos speaking about the Mishnah on the bottom of Ayin Vav Amid Beis, and it'll, it'll help just to read that first line of that Mishnah, where we learned that that there were five types of korbanos we, that are detailed in the Mishnah that are brought betuma, but they're not eaten in at all. They're not eaten. So it's a very unique type of dichotomy where you can be, be makriv, but you can't be ochel. And now what we're going to do today is ask a question that, that as to whether or not Rabbi Yeshua fits with our Mishnah. That will, the question is one amud long. The question is an amud. The question starts with Savruha, which is a little bit more than halfway down on Ayin Zayinam at Aleph. And the question goes three lines into the wide lines on Ayin Zayinam at Beis. So it's a multi-step question. Not a difficult question necessarily. It just has a couple of steps to it. It's not inherently difficult, just a couple of layers. Um, and then we will uh, provide four answers to that question. And then we're going to do the same thing with Rabiosi. And then we'll learn one last sugya before we wrap up for the night. So we're uh, almost two thirds of the way down. Ayin Zayin Amud Aleph. Let's get started. Savruha, under the assumption that we hold as follows. If we assume de lakule alma tuma dechuya hibetzibor, we know, of course, that sometimes, sometimes a person can bring a korban when there's a, a tzibor that's tuma, uh, that's tame. And this is based on a machlokas. This is a general hakira in the world, uh, in the world of Gemara, and certainly in the world of the Rishonim, and even more so in the world of Brisk. When we say that something is mutter, is it mamish mutter or is it what's called dechuya? It's not really mutter, but because of the way things played out, we're therefore lenient. So the difference in hutra and dechuya is that hutra is just carte blanche. You're good. You don't have to make any accommodations. Everything's fine. Dechuya is like, okay, if we could have avoided it, we would have avoided it. So let's uh, let's see how this plays out. According to this first assumption of the Gemara, Sabruha, if we assume the following, that really in general we hold that Tuma is dechuya hibitzibor, and therefore... Because Tuma is Dechuya, because it's not really ideal that we're being Matir to bring a Korban Betuma. It's not ideal. It's Dechuya. Okay, the Allah allows it, but it's not ideal. Therefore, Ubaya Tzitz we know that the Tzitz of the Kohen Gadol had the power to create Ritsui, to allow for a Korban that's otherwise Tame to be brought. So, if you put these two things together, it, the Korban is only Mutter Betuma because it is Dechuya. And how, what was the functionality to make it mutter b'dechuyah, to bring the tumah b'dechuyah? It was, it was the tzitz. So if we assume that, then, uh, then that's assumption number one. And let's just um, build out this first assumption that tumah is d'chuyah and that the tzitz is needed for ritsui. Only one tana is of the opinion that in general tuma is hutra where everybody else holds tuma is dechuya. And what is the brisa where we see that Rav Yehuda holds tuma hutra b'tzibur? Titania, the brisa writes, Rav Shimon is of the opinion that whether or not the tzitz is on the act is on the forehead of the coin gadol. Whether or not he's wearing it, it has the capacity to do ritsui, to create a, a willingness before a kodesh baruch Hu for a korban to be accepted. However, if Yehuda Omer, no, odehu al mitzcho miratze. If it's still on his head, then yes, it can create ritsui. 
Uh, and if he's not wearing it, it doesn't create Ritsui. So this Brisa continues. Amar lo Rib Shimon, Rib Shimon says to Rib Yehuda, no, you can't say that he has to be wearing it. Koin Gadol Yochiach, Koin Gadol B'Yom HaKippurim Yochiach. A Koin Gadol on Yom Kippur is Uriah. Why? She'ein al Mitzcho, the Koin Gadol does not wear metal on Yom Kippur. Why doesn't he wear metal? So Rashi, a beautiful Rashi, just about halfway down, a drop more. Rashi, Dibur Hamaschil, She'einu al Mitzcho. Why doesn't the Kohen Gadol wear the tzitz on Yom Kippur? That which you use, the gold that was used for the Egel Azov, you can't now walk into the Kodesh HaKodashim with the, it's just not right. It's a stira min If you walk in there, you're going to remind the Kodesh Baruch Hu about the Egel Azov. So ain kategor sanegor. Even though normally, even though normally wearing the big day coins of a dindo rice, it's a mitzvah rice, and Yom Kippur we didn't wear. So back in the Gemara, back in the Brisa, the Brisa says, Rav Shimon says to Yehuda, wait a minute, we can see that there was Ritzui in Yom Kippur, and he wasn't even wearing it. I prove my point, says the Gemara, no. Omar lo, hanach shetuma, hutra, It's totally different, says Rav Yehuda, because tuma, hutra, bitzibor. What does that imply about Rav Shimon? It implies mechlal d'rubshim and savar tumah duchuya hibetzibor. So that's assumption number one: is that Tuma is duchuya betzibor, and we need the tzitz. We need the tzitz to be meratzeh. We need the tzitz to allow for that tumah, which is duchuya. It's b'diavet. It's not ideal that we're being matir. Okay, we let it happen, but it's not ideal. So that's assumption number one. And part two, we're making, we're building a question here. Part one is the assumption that. Tuma is dechuya b'tzibur, and we need the tzitz. And here's assumption number two. And when the tzitz, when the tzitz of the Kohen Gadol creates a ritzui that it allows for a korban to be usable, that's only as it relates to hakrava, but not as it relates to achila. The tzitz is only good for taking a korban betuma and allowing it to be nikrav, but it's not acceptable that it's not, it's not acceptable. It doesn't work. The ritsui, the tzitz doesn't create a scenario where a food that would otherwise not be edible will now be edible. There's not that many tanoim who hold this way. Only Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that the tzitz can create for ritsui by achila. That no, okay. I agree with the other tanaim hold that the tzitz can only help to bring a korban that is is betuma. So we allow for it. Okay, that's what it does, but it doesn't allow for achila. And who is this Tana? Uh, this is El Rabbi Eliezer. So we're about twelve lines from the bottom. The Tanya. How do we know the Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that the tzitz can enable one to eat? He's the only one who holds this way. The Tanya. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Hatzitz Mirase Alachilos, pretty black on white. Rabbi Eliezer holds very clearly that the tzitz allows for not only the hakrava, which everyone agrees to, but even for achila. But Rabbi Yossi Omer, no, ain hatzitz mirata alachilos. So assumption number one, like we said, is that it is, we don't hold of tuma hutra b'tzibor, we hold the tuma is dechuya b'tzibor. It's not ideal, but what can we do? This is the scenario, everybody's tame, but we allow for the hakrava to be brought. What's the mechanism that allows it? It is the ritsui of the um, of the tzitz, but it doesn't apply to food. With those two assumptions, says the Gemara, Nema, maybe we can say, maybe we should say that our Mishnah, which allows for the hakrava, 
but not for the achila of five different types of korbanos and menachos. Maybe we should therefore assume that it's not like Rabbi Yoshua de Tanya. What does the Brisa say? The Brisa says, based on a pasuk, what does that mean? You should make your olosecha, the meat and the blood. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, im ein dam ein basar. If the blood spills, the meat's not kosher. No good. You can't eat it. And the reverse is also true. If after you took the blood, the meat became tame, you cannot do zrika. You need to have both in good standing in order to have both in good standing. They, they're interdependent, in other words. If you don't have the dam, you can't, uh, the buster's not, if you drop the blood, let's say, and it spills all over the floor, so then the halacha is that uh, that you can't eat the buster. Fine. That's the shita and the brisa of Rabbi, Eli, uh, Rabbi Yehoshua. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, I totally disagree with Rabbi Yoshua. And he says, He says, on one aspect of what your sheet is, Rabbi Yoshua, I disagree. I hold that in regards to blood, you can do zrika, even if the, the, the meat is, is inedible because it became tamesh. And the MR, because of the Pasuk that says, that the blood of your korbanos you should spill. Uh, so what do you do with the Pasuk that Rabbi Yoshua quoted? If Rabbi Yoshua quoted, he had a Mari Makom, and you're holding differently because of a different Pasuk. What do you do with his Pasuk? So his Pasuk had a different purpose. So he says, Lomar Lach, what would Rabbi Eliezer answer you? Madam Bizrika, Af Basar Bizrika. It's a side halacha, having nothing to do with this in particular, other than to say that just like Dam is Bizrika, you have to sprinkle it. So too, the basar is bizrika. What does it mean? The basar is bizrika. You have to throw the meat, says the Gemara. Have Omer lul katan. There was a little hole, a little gap, ben kevesh lemizbeach, between the ramp and the actual mizbeach. And you had to make sure that you traversed it. You threw the meat over it. Fine, that's what it means. But it has nothing to do with this. But Rabbi Yoshua Nami, what do you do with the pasuk? What do you do with the pasuk that says, Because according to Rabbi Eliezer, the pasuk of Adam, the pasuk of Dam taught us something totally different. It taught us that you are allowed to bring the Zrika Saddam, even if there is no Basar. So then says the Gemara, how does Rabbi Yeshua answer that? Last line of Ayin Zayin Amar Aleph. Amar Lach, what would Rabbi Yeshua say to that? He would say, it says after those words, Basar that's only true where the meat is also edible, which is a riot to his own shita. But what that means is that there's now two psukim that support his shita. And because there's two psukim that support his shita, the Gemara says, turning to the top of Ayin Zayin Amar Bez, very top line, very top words, I don't understand. Rabbi Yoshua, if you understood Rabbi Eliezer's Pasuk the way that you created your own shot in your Pasuk, why both Pasukim? Says the Gemara, great question, but I've got a very clear answer for you. One Pasuk is talking about a Korban Ola and the other is talking about a Korban Shlamim Vitzricha. And I need both of those Pasukim. I cannot assume that I can learn Ola from Shlamim and Shlamim from Ola. Why not? Why not? Says the Gemara as follows. If the Pasuk, if I only had a Pasuk that spoke about a Korban Ola, that that's where we say there's an interdependence on the Dam and the Basar. That if I don't have the Dam, I can't eat the Basar. And if the Basar becomes Dame, I can't do Zrika Sadam. They're interdependent. Why do I need one Pasuk by Ola and one by Shlomin? Because Havamina, if I only had a Pasuk by Ola, then Havamina, I might have thought, 
Ola Maybe the Ola is more strict because the whole thing is brought up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And if that's true, if that's true, then maybe Aval Shlamim but Shlamim which are edible to the to a consumer, then Amalo. I would have would have thought that the halacha is different. That maybe there Rabbi Yoshua would not say that the dam and the basar are interdependent. And the reverse, what about learning by Shlamim first? Because of Rachman Shlamim, if I only had a Pasuk that taught me by Shlamim, so then Havamina, I might have thought, I might have thought that the Shlamim, at least there's two who consume, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mizbeach, and people. There's two people who consume the Shlamim, Aval, Ola, but maybe I would have argued that by Ola, there's not Shteachilos. So therefore, I might have thought that Rabbi Yeshua's din only applies by Shlamim, Kamash Malan, that we need both sets of Psukim. We need the Pasuk, as Rabbi Yeshua presented at the bottom of the page, and we need the second Pasuk, after which it says, uh, in order for Rabbi Yoshua to make his shita exceptionally clear. So let's just review. Rabbi Yoshua is of the opinion that the basar and the dam are interdependent. The only way you could ever have access to basar is if there was rikas adam, if the dam was viable, and vice versa. The only way you can do rikas adam is if the basar is still viable. Very good. So let's continue understanding the drushos, and then in, a, in about 10 or 15 lines, we're going to get to the Gemara's actual question, but we're just developing as we move along. Says the Gemara, is six, seven lines down, seven lines down, nine Zionamid base. Rabbi Eliezer, Nami, but wait a minute. Rabbi Yoshua had a beautiful point. You said, Rabbi Eliezer, that you thought that Dam could be brought either way, even if the Basar is Tame, because the Pasuk reads, Vidam Zavachecha Yishafech. So we asked Rabbi Yoshua, hey, what do you do with this Pasuk? And he said, well, there's, it says about Basar Tochel that the meat was also edible. So Rabbi Eliezer, what do you do with that? That's a great question. Seven, eight lines down, Ayin Zayinam at base, Rabbi Eliezer, Nami. How do you understand the Pasuk that Rabbi Yoshua so beautifully articulated supports his own Shita of um, Haksi? The Pasuk says, Babasar Techel. So Amar Lach, what would Rabbi Eliezer answer you? Hahu, the Pasuk of Habasar Techel, Mi Boile, She'ein Basar Mutter Be'achila, Achiz Rakadam. That means that ain basar mutter, that teaches you, that pasuk teaches you that meat is inedible. She'ein basar mutter be'achila. You cannot eat it until zrika sadam. So asks the Gemari, Hachi, if that's true, it seems that the whole pasuk is talking about one thing. It's only talking about when it, when the basar is not allowed to be eaten before the zrika sadam. But how do you know the reverse, Rabbi Eliezer? Dam, afal pishain sham basar. What about zrika sadam when the basar is tamay? How did you learn that out? It seems, according to your Pshat, Rabbi Eliezer, that the whole Pasuk is talking only about one case, which is when you have yet to do this Rikas Saddam and you want to try to eat the Basar. So answers the Gemara, Amar Lach, how would Rabbi Eliezer explain? He would say, Im Kain, if what you're trying to say is true, that the Pasuk is only talking about one thing, if what you're saying is true, it should have said that the, the Basar is Tochal, you should have eaten the flesh first, and then the Dam Yishafech, if that's what, the whole Pasuk was talking about, that's how the Pasuk should have been structured, is eating the meat first, followed by the Zerika Saddam. Kiddichsi Beresha, like the first Pasuk says, that it says the Basar first. So Maishno, why then here is it to act to the Dam Zivachecha? In this later Pasuk, why was the Dam put before the Zivachecha? Shma Mina, must be, says Rabbi Eliezer, like I'm saying. Dam Afal Pishain Basar, Ushma Mina, Sheina Basar, Mutar, Beachila, Anchiz Rakadam. So he gives a very nice explanation. Rabbi Eliezer explains the Pasuk within his own understanding. It makes perfect sense 
that it seems to be from the Pasuk, the fact that the word dam comes before Zivachecha, the blood comes before the Basar. So he shows you from there that dam can be brought, even though the meat may not be kosher, the meat, the meat may be tame. And what do we see from there? Ushmamina, Shein Habasar Mutter. We can learn from there, Shein Habasar Mutter, that the meat cannot be eaten until there's Rikas Adam. What does Rabbi Yoshua do with this pshat? Rabbi Yoshua, he says, nope, I don't need a pasuk for that. Ein Habasar Mutter Bechila Shizarek Adam. I don't need a pasuk to teach me that you can't eat the meat until there's Rikas Adam. That's a Kalvachomerhu. That's obvious. Three lines before the wide lines, one third of the way down. Ayin Zayin Amadbez says the Gemara, what's the Kalvachomer? How does Rabbi Yoshua know that meat cannot be eaten after a korban until Zrika Saddam has taken place? Says the Gemara. When there are parts of a korban that are not required, it's not me'akev, the korban. You're allowed to keep moving in the process and do Zrika Saddam. But ki isnehu But when they are present, they are me'akev. So then dam dechilase me'akev. When there's missing blood, it will certainly hinder your kapara. Ki say when the blood is there, lokol shekein demakev. All the more so it's going to cause for a problem. So says Rabbi Yoshua to Rabbi Eliezer, you brought me a whole fancy drasha. You don't need a whole fancy drasha to teach me that you can't eat the basar before Zrika Saddam. That's pashut. That's a kalvachomer. Rabbi Eliezer, what about this gorgeous svara of, uh, of the kalvachomer? Says the Gemara. I don't disagree with him. He's right. First wide line. Rabbi Eliezer, what would you say about the Kalva Chomer, Rabbi Yehoshua? I agree with it. Mil Sadasi, the Kalva Chomer, Tarach, the Kasav Lakra. We've seen this principle before. Where did we see this? In this Masech, the Daf says the Gemara, it's not uh, uncommon where you see a Kalva Chomer that's verified by a Pasuk. That's a very interesting idea. A Kalva Chomer is itself one of the Yud Gimel Midos Shator Nidreshes Bahain. Why do we need a Pasuk to support it? And maybe because of that, Rabbi Yehoshua bites back. Rabbi Yehoshua, uh, when do we do a drasha? When we need to. He doesn't do this whole uh, uh, drasha extra stuff. He doesn't believe in that. So that's where they end up standing. Now, the Gemara is going to finally ask its question. We've said a number of things right now. I'll just review very, very briefly. Under the assumption that um, Tuma is Dechuya, and therefore we need the seats to be Miratze. And under the assumption that it's only Miratze for Korbanos, and it's not Miratze for Achila. Therefore, asks the Gemara, two lines, three, two lines into the wide lines. Hashta, maybe we should now say, Maybe we should say that our Mishnah, which allows for the hakrava of five korbanos slash menachos, that should be a that should not be like Rabbi Yoshua. because Rabbi Yoshua is of the opinion that Boinan Tarte that the dam. And the bus are interchangeable. They're interdependent, not interchangeable, excuse me, but interdependent. And there's no ritzui for achila. So then, how can the korbanos be brought betuma? Now, if we pause, pause here and look back in our Mishnah, our Mishnah said that there are five things that are brought betuma but are not eaten. For Rabbi Yoshua, that's impossible because hutra is only, the, the tuma is only, is only dechuya. Tum is only allowed by the Evet, and it needs the tzitz to make it allowed. But the tzitz doesn't allow for Achila. But our Mishnah is five Hakrabos and Menachos that are brought, but without Achila. So according to Rabbi Yishu, that's impossible. That's a Gemara's question. Very, very lengthy question. But it's not that complicated of a question. And the Gemara is going to present one, two, three, 
four answers which will bring us to the top of Ayin Chesim and Aleph. Let's get started with the answers halfway down, four lines into the wide lines. Afilu Tema Rabbi Yoshua. Don't worry, we can even give Pshad in our Mishnah, like the Shita of Rabbi Yoshua. How so? Kasavar, maybe he holds a little differently than we thought. Kasavar, Rabbi Yoshua, Hatzitz Meratze Al Ha'olin. Maybe we can assume, not that it's Meratze by Achila, but that anything that goes up onto the Mizbeach, anything that's Ole onto the Mizbeach, that is going to be considered to be a Ritsui. Afalpi that it's not eligible for Achila, but we consider that enough of a Ritsui that Rabbi Yoshua would tolerate it. Says the Gemara, even if you want to say that's true, it's not a good idea. Fine. Some of the five examples that we have in our Mishnah were actual korbanos that were brought, and therefore they were Ola to the Mizbeach. However, Ella, Omer, what about these korbanos that were menachos? They were flower-based korbanos, and they were not put up on the Mizbeach. The Leika Ola, and they're not brought up there. Michael Lameimar. What then would you say about this new svar of Rabbi Yoshua, that maybe the Ritsui works because it's Ola on the Mizbeach, that the Tzitz helps in that way? Amre says the Gemara, Ki Amar Rabbi Yoshua Nami Devoinam Tarte Bizvachim. Maybe we could say that the only time, the only time that Rabbi Yoshua has his rule that Dam and Basar are interdependent is only by actual korbanos, by the uh, by the Zvachim themselves. But maybe Bimenachos Lo Amar. And therefore, the only kash in our Mishnah is on those things which are actual korbanos, but those things which are Menachos are not really part of the problem. Says the Gemara, you can't say that either. Seven lines down in the wide lines, a little bit more than halfway down. You think that Rabbi Yoshua is of the opinion that when it comes to Menachos, that there's no interdependency? But it's not. The Mishnah writes, What are we talking about here when the Shireha becomes Tame? So you have a, um, a bowl that's filled with flour. And the Kohen reaches in and he takes a Kmitza, grabs the flour, opens the thumb, opens the pinky, and what's left in his hand is the Kmitza, and he moves it, out, moves it out of the way. What's left over is called the shirayim. If it becomes tameh, or of dushireha, or if the remaining, the bowl from which you took the kmitza, or if it gets lost, kemidas Rabbi Eliezer kshera. Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion, no problem, because you already took out the kmitza. But kemidas Rabbi Yoshua psula. What do we see from Rabbi Yoshua? Not nah, you messed it up. So we see that by Menachos, we have the same exact guidelines, that there's an interdependency. So answers the Gemara to this question, kimidas, filo kimidas, eh, kind of, sort of. Let, let's detail out how we could answer this question. Says the Gemara, kimidas rabbi Yoshua, yes, I agree that when it comes to the when it comes to the Menachos, it is like the Shita Rabbi Yoshua, that we do have an interdependency of the um, Kmitza itself and the Shirayim. The low Kmitza is Rabbi Yoshua, but it's also different than Rabbi Yoshua in the following way. But when it comes to Rabbi Yoshua, in regards to Zvachim, he does believe in the interdependency, but not in regards to Menachos. But this Mishnah has a different author. The Mishnah, which says that it's Psula, that's not him speaking. Says the Gemara, but then who, who, is, who is the author? Who is the Shita who's more Machmir than Rabbi Yoshua that you're quoting? The Ode, and furthermore, and we're going to learn a very, very difficult price to understand. We'll explain it on Ein Chesimet Aleph. And right now, we're only going to extract one Nakuda from this semi-lengthy Brisa. The Ode, Tanya, we have a very uh, unique Brisa. What does the Brisa say? Amar Rabbi Yossi, says, Roe Ani as Divi Rabbi I agree with Rabbi Eliezer when it comes to menachos, the flower types of korbanos in our Mishnah, and the zvachim, the actual shechita ones. And also, 
Uh, and you know, it's like the, when they say like, you're right and you're right and you're also right. Everybody's right. So then he says as well, I agree with that ring about Rabbi Eliezer. And then he says, I agree with him as well. So how does he explain everything? So it says the Gemara as follows. What does Rabbi Yossi say? How do I explain Rabbi Eliezer in regards to actual Karbanos? Rabbi Eliezer, as we saw in the previous Amud held, Yes, you can bring do Zrika Sadam even if the Basar is ineligible to be eaten. In regards to Zvachim, how does he agree with Rabbi Yeshua? He says, that they are totally interdependent. Now, again, this can't possibly make sense. You can't hold like both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. They're not saying the same thing. They're, they're opposing contrarian shitas. This doesn't work. And what about the next piece of the brisa? Rabbi Eliezer ben Menachos. Rabbi Yossi holds like Rabbi Eliezer in regards to Menachos. You can do kmitza even if the shirayim are ineligible. And then this line is the one that's key for us right now. But Rabbi Yoshua, how does Rabbi Yossi understand Rabbi Yoshua? Menachos, what does he say about the flower, uh, the flower hakrava, the flower gifts? Shaya Omer, shirayim, that if there's no kmitza, if there if there's something wrong with the flower for, that was taken out for the kmitza, ain't shirayim, then the shirayim are no longer usable. And here are the most critical words of the line: ain't shirayim, ain't kometz. That if the shirayim are problematic, then there's no kmitza. So basically, your whole recommended approach that you've been saying over the last ten lines that maybe the tzitz is meratz on the olin, and maybe it only applies to zvachim and not menachos, maybe, but that's not Rabbi Yoshua. Because this b'risa shows us Rabbi Yoshua's shita black on white, that there's definitely going to be an interdependency even in regards to, to korban menachos. And because that's true, answer number one is rejected. And if we stopped right here, which we won't, but if we stopped right here, Rabbi Yoshua's shita would be very compromised as it relates to our Mishnah. So let's see what the second possible answer is. Three-fourths of the way down, about 15 lines up. Elikosava Rabbi Yoshua says the Gemara, maybe one of our starting two assumptions was incorrect. One of our starting assumptions was that the tzitz cannot create ritsui be'achila. The tzitz can only create ritsui about bringing the korban. But you're not actually allowed to eat that food, says the Gemara. Well, maybe maybe we made a mistake. Elikosava Rabbi Yoshua, tzitz meratzeh, Al Maybe you're just wrong, Pasha. That the tzitz does have such a power, not only for korbanos, but even for achila, says the Gemara. What then does it mean that in the brisa that we just saw that kimidas rabbi yoshua psula? What that what, what would be puzzled then? If what you're saying is that it's it's eligible for food, then how in the brisa could you say that it's going to be puzzled according to rabbi yoshua? It's got ritsui. If the tzitz can work for food then the Brysa doesn't make sense according to Rabbi Yoshua's answer is the Gemara. No. What did the Brysa mean? Rabbi Yoshua said that it's a problem that is psula. That wasn't talking about, about the Achila. That's talking about, that's not talking about Tuma. That's talking about Avud Visaru. If the food was lost or if the food was burnt, but not if the food was tummy. Because if the food is lost or the food is lost or if the food is burnt, everyone agrees there's no ritsui from the tzitz. The only thing the tzitz could do the, at the most is make food eligible. But if you lost the food or if you burnt the food and it's no longer food, there's no ritsui for that. Under the best of circumstances, all the time, no one's going to say that the tzitz of the coin Gadol can do magic pixie dust and take food that doesn't exist and make it into eligible food. That's not a possibility. 
So then, what then does it mean when it talks about tummy food? What then is that talking? It, it mentions tummy food in the Brisa. Says the Gemara, that must be talking about Rabbi Eliezer. No, come on. It can't be talking about Rabbi Eliezer. Pshita, that's not possible. Because we already know for sure that he all said, in regards to uh, a case where the food is totally missing or burnt, and or we, we, don't have, even, we don't even have it, and Machsha Rabbi Eliezer, Nitma de Isei Midbaya. Of course, he's going to include food that's tame. Rabbi Eliezer is the makel here. Ella, what must therefore be? Ella Pshita the Rabbi Yoshua Viktani Psula. This is a big problem. It must be that it's talking about Rabbi Yoshua and Viktani Psula, and then you're you're all stuck again. So let's let's ask a second question before we reject this answer. But and furthermore, our second question against this answer that maybe really there's Ritsui with the tzitz, even for the sake of Achila, says the Gemara, but Tanya, we're 10 lines from the bottom. Tanya, Rabbi Yeshua Omer, calls Vachim Sheba Torah, Bein Shenitma Basar V'chelev Kaya. Whether or not the Basar is Tameh and the Chelev is not Tameh. Ubein Shenitma Chelev, the Ubasar Kayam. Or if the Chelev becomes Tameh and the Basar is eligible to be eaten, in all cases, Zorek Es Hadam. Aval Nitma, if it was Tameh, Tarvai Hulo, neither of them can be eaten. Alma, Kasava Rabbi Yoshua, Ein Hatzitz Mirate Al Haolin, Velo Al Haachilos. So, what do we see from this uh, Brisa? That it's not possible to say within Rabbi Yoshua that the tzitz can affect the eligibility of food for Achila purposes. Only at most for the sake of Hakrava, but absolutely not for the sake of Achila. And that then rejects answer number two. So, we're back to our question How does Rabbi Yoshua fit with our Mishnah? Answer number three, six lines from the bottom. There's no problem. We're talking about one case of Rabbi Yoshua, is talking about the Yevid, one's talking about Lechatchila. So that's what, he, that's what he's saying. He's saying it's one, it's just because Lechatchila. Lechatchila, yes, and B'diyevad, no. How do we know that, that Rabbi Yeshua has a precedent to make such a distinction? Because the Tanya, the Brisa writes, If you have a case of Basa that become Tameh, or became Pasal, or left to the appropriate halachic area, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Yizareg, Rabbi Yeshua, Omer Lo Yizareg, that even if you did it, the language, I mean, super bidiyavid language of the im, sheim zarak, that it would still be considered wurtza, still considered ritsui, and that's definitely bidiyavid. So says the Gemara, wait a minute, two questions. We're getting to the end of this part, portion of the Gemara. Chada, mashma. It doesn't sound that way. Psula is not a language of bidiyavid. If you want to say it's psula, then that doesn't sound bidiyavid kosher. Sula sounds sounds puzzled. So that's first of all. Second of all, the ode chamisha dvarim bar in the chatchila mashma. When you look at our Mishnah, what does our Mishnah say in the bottom of Ayin Vavim Beis? It says chamisha dvarim bar in betuma. Does that that doesn't sound b'diavet? That sounds mutter. Ella lokasha says the Gemara top of Ayin Ches and Aleph lokasha. Don't worry, all is well. Kan biyachid kan betzibur. Really, one version of Rabbi Yoshua is talking about an individual, one's talking about a tzibur. Rashi dibur hamaschal biyachid tap Rashi on the page Ayin Ches and Aleph. Rashi says lechatchila psula. Really, it's not ideal. And if you were Zorik in a case um, of a Yachid, then it would be fine. Our Mishnah is talking about Good. So we found out one way where we can solve the problem for Rabbi Yoshua. The last blot and a half is, uh, I'll simplify. 
How does Rabbi Yoshua fit into our Mishnah? There are a number of assumptions that make it difficult for him to do so because Sutra is Dechuya, number one, and there's no retweet from the tzitz as it relates to Achila. Answers the Gemara, Rabbi Yeshua, in our, our Mishnah is talking about a Yachid. Um, no, Rabbi Yeshua is talking about a Yachid, and our Mishnah is talking about a Tzibur. Now we're going to do the same analysis, but shorter, much shorter. This one's only a half a page in total for the sake of Shitas Rabbi Yossi. And let's see how he fits. 19 minutes until Marav and a nice Amut to go. Let's keep moving. Top line, Maybe we should assume that our Mishnah, which says that you're allowed to bring five, five types of Korbanos Betuma, but you're not allowed to eat them. Maybe that doesn't work for Rabbi Yossi either. Detanya, what does the Brisa say? Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Atzitz, Merat, Achilos. Rabbi Eliezer says that the tzitz does work for food. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Achilos. No, it doesn't work for food. What do we see from here? We might have thought as follows. It seems like he holds like we've been saying for the last Amud, that the Shita of Rabbi Yoshua is multiple levels of it, but one of them is that the Tzitz does not help for food. And therefore, if it doesn't help for food, that means that the Basar and the Dam are going to be independent. Basar below Dam and Dam below Basar. It seems that Rabbi Yoshua's Sfirah so It seems then, if this brisa is correct, that Rabbi Yossi holds that ein hatzitz meratze al ha'achilos, it seems then that Rabbi Yossi is no different than Rabbi Yoshua, and it would then be, we have the same answer at the top of the page, but seemingly Rabbi Yossi on his own might not be able to work out our Mishnah. So says the Gemara, seven lines down, ein ches meralev, lo, incorrect. You misunderstood. Rabbi Yossi really is Rabbi Eliezer Sfirelei. He holds like the lenient sheet. He's like Rabbi Eliezer. Says the Gemara, If you hold like Rabbi Eliezer, then what is this Bryce doing talking about that's not Rabbi Eliezer. So says the Gemara, once you're making the comparison, don't ask a question that way. Ask it in the other way. You're saying that he holds like Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer, then I don't even understand the point of either Shita. You're saying two people are compared to each other. They both hold opposite Shitas. Rabbi Yossi says that there's no Ritsui from the Tzitzan food. And Rabbi Eliezer says the opposite. How do, you, how do you compare the two Shitas at all? So says the Gemara, because the comparison of Rabbi Eliezer to Rabbi Yossi is not about uh, this issue. Ella We're talking about whether or not in a particular case where there's pigul, whether or not there will be me'ila and what might remove the me'ila, that would be the tzitz. And that's what they're arguing about. Rabbi Eliezer, Savar, that the tzitz is effective in regards to me'ila. We treat it to be totally tahar. It may have an iser pigul, but the tzitz is powerful enough to uproot the me'ila. However, the tzitz has no impact, and this animal is going to be chayav by me'ila. So Maskifla says the Gemara, wait a minute. Maskifla Rav Mari, Nihinami de Rav Yossi, Savar Karabi Eliezer. Okay, you've given a nice explanation, and maybe I understand why it is that Rav Yossi holds like Rabbi Eliezer. Bishlam Zvachim Ikadam, I could understand in regards to Zvachim that there's blood. So there's some that's edible, some that's not. Omer nami ikakomates. There's part that's edible and there's part that's not. Lechem apanim nami ikabazichen. Part that's edible, part that's not. Elashteya lechem ikalameimar. The whole thing is curry. So what are you going to do? The whole thing just sits there. 
says the Gemara, and if you want to say, well, don't worry, by the Shtei HaLechem, it also says in the Mishnah, that other korbanos were brought with it, with which were uh, the Kivse Atzeres. There were other breads, there were other korbanos that were brought on Shavuos with the Shtei HaLechem. If that's the case, those are called Shalmei Tzibor. And that was one of the five things in our Mishnah. So it's already included. And if that's true, if you're talking, if what this is talking about, the Shtei Alechem is referring to is the, the korbanos that were brought with it, then in Kain Havalu Arba, then our Mishnah made a mistake. It shouldn't have been five. It should have only been four. And our Mishnah says, not like that. Our Mishnah says that there were five. So we're two lines halfway down. Two lines before the Y lines of Elokasav, Rabbi Yossi, Tuma Hutra Betzibur. Wow, so maybe Rabbi Yossi holds that one of our assumptions of our whole Gemara today was that maybe our Mishnah is talking about Tuma Hutra Betzibur, or maybe it's talking about Tehuya. So we said it was talking about Tehuya, says Rabbi Yossi, you're wrong. We're talking about Tuma Hutra Betzibur, a total uh, free-for-all. You're totally allowed to bring the Karbanos. It's not Tehuya, it's Hutra. So then says the Gemara, that's very, very difficult. Why? Because the Bryce writes, Echad ve in regards to both a para aduma and a coin gadol who's preparing for Yom Kippurim. So how do we get this coin gadol who's tamay mace to get ready for the avodah? He's got seven days to prepare. So we know that when someone is tamay mace, they're mazeh on day shlishi and day revi. But there's a machlokes in regards to the coin gadol as he prepares for Yom Kippurim. What's the machlokes? Mazen alav kol shiva mikol One shita is that when the coin gadol is preparing for Yom Kippur, he gets the sprinklings of all of the mechatas over the course of seven days. Every day he gets sprinkled with the mechatas. First long line, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Ein mazin alav bilvad. What does Rabbi Yossi say? You need sprinkling on day three, and you need sprinkling on day seven. But that doesn't make sense. If you hold that Tuma is Hutra B'tzibor entirely, then who cares if he's Tameh? Tumas Hutra B'tzibor. He doesn't need Hazar at all. Forget about Shlishi Shvi. Certainly forget about the first Shita Nebraisa. He doesn't need anything. Al Machvarta, we have to go back to our initial understanding of Rabbi Yossi. Masnis and Dulo Kirabiosi. And the Gemara then rejects the, the possibility that Rabbiosi is like our Mishnah. So, so far we've learned about two Shitas. How does our Mishnah intersect with Rabbi Yoshua? We gave an answer at the very top of Ayn Chesmer Aleph to say, We made that work. Rabbi Yoshua can fit within our Mishnah. However, Rabbi Yossi could not snake out of some of the challenges. And because of that, Rabbi Yossi is not like our Mishnah. Almost two thirds of the way down. We're now going to go back to that complicated Brisa where it seemed like Rabbi Yossi was holding both like Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. And we're going to figure out how exactly he understood that Brisa. He's agreeing with everybody. He's got a contract with him and a contract with him. What's going on here? The Tanya, the Bryce is very complicated. He agrees with everybody. And what did he say there? In regards to Zvachim, Rabbi Yossi said, Rabbi Eliezer, I agree with him. And he says that you can do Zerik HaSadam without Basar. And then, and then he literally turns a face and he says something totally the opposite. What does Rabbi Yossi say by Zvachim? So a second ago, you held like Rabbi Eliezer, that you can do Zerika Saddam without Basar. Second later, you just said, we hold like Rabbi Yoshua, that no, you can't do it. Which one is it? And also, continuing our understanding of the Brisa from Ayin Zayin and Bez, the Brisa there continued, 
We said by the Menachos, Rabbi Eliezer was lenient. You can do the Kmitza even if the Shirayim are messed up, they're tummy. However, they are interdependent, like his Shita Kishitasso. So says the Gemara, no. Rabbi Yossi wasn't saying that I agree with everybody. I, come on, there's not no way, no integrity in that. This is a great Tana. There's no way that Rabbi Yossi was just saying, I agree with everybody. How does he explain it? Answer number one, we're going to have a few answers here. No, Rabbi Yossi was just saying, it makes sense to say the following. When we were having the Machlokes between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yossi said, it's logical. That just like they're arguing by Korbanos as to whether or not there's a total interdependency, yes or no, just like we argue by Zvachim, we also argue by Menachos. And Koi b'menachos, the opposite is also true. When you're learning Maseches Menachos and you come across Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer, the Machlokes, Koi b'menachos, Amar, Mistabra, Kiechet, Pligi b'menachos, Pligi Amin b'zvachim. Answer number one is like this. No, I'm not saying that I agree with everyone. Their shitas are internally contradictory. Of course, I don't agree with everyone. I'm just saying that when you're learning Zvachim, Tzushtel, they probably are arguing in Menachos also. Same Machlokes. And when they're in Menachos, same deal. When I look over at the world of Zvachim, they're probably going to have the same Machlokes. Rabbi Eliezer says they're not totally interdependent, and Rabbi Yeshua says they are totally inter- interdependent. Says the Gemara, Amar Lei, 10, 12 lines from the bottom. How can that be? I understand the first part. When you're learning Masech Zvachim, so then Omar, I hear your logic. Then Mistabra, that Kihechi de Palig Bizvachim Pliginami Biminachos. Kihechi de Pligi Bizvachim Pliginami Biminachos. When you're learning Zvachim, I could understand why you would make the Tzushtel to say that just like they argue by Zvachim, so too they argue by Menachos, because because I'm looking over here in the world of Zvachim. This was the whole deal we started with on the bottom of and all over Ayan Zion to figure out. How the psukim work out. That's where all the droshos were. I understood their machlokas. I can apply it elsewhere. But 10 lines from the bottom. When I'm learning when I'm standing in menachos and I'm looking out into the world of Zvachim and saying they have a machlokas there as well, that doesn't work. The psukim are not by menachos. So it's not as easy to say that just like there's an argument by Zvachim, so to be Menachos. No, the Pesukim were by Zvachim. When you're standing by Menachos, it's harder to say that just like they have an argument by Menachos, they have one by Zvachim, because all the Pesukim were by Zvachim. And the Lokasha says the Gemara, let's pivot and try for answer number two. What did it mean? What was Rabbi, Yos- what was Rabbi Yossi's understanding of this Brisa, where, where seemingly he said he held like everybody, I held like Rabbi, o- Rabbi Yoshua, I held like Rabbi Eliezer, answer number two. Says the Gemara, So the distinction he made is, I agree with Rabbi Eliezer in regards to Tuma, but I agree with Rabbi Yoshua in regards to Abu Vesaru. So my in regards to the camp of Rabbi Eliezer, why then would he have agreed with Tameh? That why does he agree that there's a leniency like Rabbi Eliezer holds? Because maybe Rabbi Eliezer would hold that there's a tzitz, that there is a... Um, that there is the, the ritui of the tzitz, and it's fine, says Gemara. But wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Rabbi Yossi doesn't even hold of that. How does that, how does that work out? How could he explain that for another shita? It says the Gemara, here's pivot, and we're going to see answer number three. 
just like the answer over the top of the page, that maybe Rabbi Eliezer, we can be lenient when it's a Sibor. And maybe we can give such a distinction. Rabbi Yossi holds like Rabbi Eliezer, but Sibor. And he holds like Rabbi Yoshua, but Yachid says, Gemara, but Sibor, my time, we're going uh, to reject this. Why would that be true but, uh, in regards to the Sibor? Maybe it's because we would hold too much, but Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold too much, but Sibor. That's first of all. Rabbi Yoshua doesn't Rabbi Yossi doesn't agree with that. Rabbi Yossi was of the opinion that Tum is not Hutra Bitsibor, it's Dechuya. So and that's the first problem with your uh, with your suggestion. The ode Ibitsibor, Rabbi Eliezer, Machsher, Rabbi Velo, Rabbi Yoshua. If in fact it was Bitsibor in this case with Menachos and with Zvachim, only one of them would be Mater Bitsibor. That's not true. Top of Ayin Chesam would be. We're just going to get to the Mishnah right before Mariv says the Gemara. That can't be Ha'amris Bitsibor, that when we are Bitsibor in this case, Afilu Rabbi Yoshua Mode, even Rabbi Yoshua, who's the Machmir, would agree in this case that it would be Mutter. So no, that can't be a distinction either. Ella says the Gemara, another answer, we'll reject this too, two more answers. Ella, Ella, so says the Gemara, maybe what Rabbi Yossi meant in the Brisa was when Rabbi Eliezer was lenient, it was just B'dyevet. And really, Rabbi Yoshua is just speaking L'chadchila, and there's really no machlokes at all. Says the Gemara, D'yevet, afilu Rabbi Yoshua, nami modehu. That's not true, because explicitly elsewhere, we see that Rabbi Yoshua himself allows for the B'dyevet. How do we know that that's true? Diktani, moda Rabbi Yoshua, shim zara kurza. We see that there's a B'dyevet language already that's specific to Rabbi Yoshua, which means that they don't agree. That's not possible. So let's go to answer number five. And with this, we will close out for the night. Says the Gemara, it must be then, ha-betuma, ha-be'avud-vesaru. Where we are lenient, that is the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yossi says, when it comes to Tuma, I hold like Rabbi Eliezer. Ha-be'avud-vesaru. But with one of them, when it comes to Rabbi, to avud-vesaru, so that is where we're going to be more, uh, more machmer. Kiktani, mod Rabbi Yoshua, shim zara, kurtza benitma. We see the leniency, the bidiyevet nature. It's, I'm saying bidiyevet here, and that it's mutter in the tuma. The tuma is allowed if it's zarak bihurza. About the avud that would not be allowed. Kikamar Rabbi Yosi Rani is Rabbi Eliezer bidiyevet the avud besaruf. And his uh, the way that Rabbi Eliezer will sw- will swoop in at the end is if in fact with avud besaruf he would allow it and Rabbi Yoshua would not. We're going to stop right here at the Mishnah. Emir Hashem, we will uh, get to the bottom of Ayin Tes on the base tomorrow night. Um, and I uh, wish you all a beautiful night. Thank you for learning and joining tonight.